little bit of the testimony. If you weren't here, I guess you didn't hear it, but if you were, you did. Uh, about a month ago, roughly, a little over a month ago, uh, Hunter got called to preach. Now, Hunter's the better looking of the two. He, right. I was just noticing he's taller. Yeah. He definitely has more, more stuff on his head, whatever <laughs> that is. And uh, so, anyway, and I love his voice. This is one of the things. I'm going ahead and praying. Lord, give me his voice sometime while I'm getting a break here. But anyway, it's it's our pleasure, brother. I, I'm looking forward to what the Lord put on your heart. So come preach for us tonight. Amen. All right. I've had many people tell me I'm about as deep as my dad is. Well, I have, let me uh, rephrase that. My dad has a deeper voice than me, so I'd rather have his voice. But first of all, I just want to thank Brother Wells for this blessed opportunity just to come and preach the Word of God to you all tonight. And uh, first of all, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this opportunity, just being allowed the blessed opportunity to serve him. And I thank the Lord for saving my soul away from night 2017. I was a lost and dying sinner. But he reached down, while I was calling to the devil's pit, and he pulled me out and he saved my soul. But anyways, once again, I just want to thank the Lord for saving me and thank for the opportunity to give and serve him. If you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter number 2. Again, that's 1 John chapter number 2. And we'll be reading verses... 13 through 14, again, that's 1 John chapter number 2. We'll be reading verses 13 through 14. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I'm thankful the Father knows me and does you too, amen. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. And I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Let's pray. My Heavenly Father, once again, just want to come before you and thank you. You, Lord Jesus, for another opportunity just to serve you. Thank you, Lord, for getting us all here safely tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bless the service tonight. You just find glory. I pray, Lord, that you'll use this message to work on these people's hearts. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that if there's anybody here that is not saved, that they will come to know you as their Savior for us. everlasting too late. I pray, Lord, that you'll have thy will and way with the service tonight. We'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I was reading in this passage of Scripture, the Lord brought my attention to something in these verses that I've never noticed before. Notice in this passage that the Apostle John is writing a letter to the different generations of born-again believers and to the future generations, which is us, a letter of assurance. I love the book of 1 John because... Not only does it tell me who I am, but it also reminds me of who I am in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the fact whenever I feel like I'm not God's child or whenever, or whenever the devil tells me that I'm not saved, that I can pick up this blessed book and God can reassure me 
through his blessed word that I am his and his forever. Amen. The salvation is eternal. Just want to make that known. I'm sure many of you here have experienced the same thing through his word and that he reassures you of your salvation or it might be something else or that he will show you his will through scripture. And even just to remind you of how much he cares and loves us so much that he willingly sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for the sins of the whole world. And buddy, if that cranky engine, I don't know what will. Amen. I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus sent his son, that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. But also sometimes when you're studying God's word, he will show you a new profound truth that's never crossed your mind. I've personally have had this happen many times in my life when I'm just sitting down and I'm reading the Bible or I'm studying through God's Word. And it just seems like the Holy Ghost leans over to me and whispers into my ear, hey, pay close real attention here, buddy, because I have something I want to show you. I thank the Lord that He does stuff like that. I really do. As I heard a lot of old-timers, I recall they used to say, that's some good food for thought. And I'm thankful that the Word of God is food for our soul. I love it when God dips His spiritual spoon, if you will, into His Word to feed His babies every time we open up His book to feed on a new spiritual truths or when there's a lesson He has to teach us or blessings that He wants to share with us. The Word of God is a wonderful thing. God has a way of teaching us things we have never thought about. And then this passage, that couldn't ever the more be true. There are many things within these verses that could be pondered on or broken down and examined into. But I'd like for us to focus our attention here on a particular word found within verse number 14. Notice in your Bibles at the end of verse number 14, the Bible says, And the word of God abideth. That one little word abideth appears in the Bible 30 times. And then the simple word abideth, Abide appears in the Bible 82 times, and the word abiding appears in the Bible nine times. I feel like that would be okay to relate this verse in this chapter to Matthew chapter 28, verse number 20, where here Jesus promises that he will abide with us. Jesus says in those verses, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. This blessed verse can be much related to this word because it has the exact same meaning. That Jesus will and always will abide in us and with us. And if them 121 words along with Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 20 doesn't tell you that the Lord Jesus keeps his promises, there's something deeply wrong with your understanding of the word of God. The Lord God does keeps his promises, and I thank the Lord Jesus for that. And he never will break either one of them. That word abideth is not just one of the many promises that is mentioned in this Bible, but also within its own self holds many truths that can be discovered or that we can discover. For example, when the word says in verse 14, the word of God abideth, that is a promise within itself about the word of God, that I'd like for us to examine later on in this message. So with the help of the Lord this evening, I'd like 
for us to study on the word abide. So number one, if you're taking notes this evening, abide means to accept or act in accordance with. Abide means to accept or act in accordance with. You know, when it comes to this old sinful nature of this world that we see every day and every morning and night when we wake up and go to sleep, the world's idea of abiding, well, let's just go ahead and be honest, it'll send shivers up the spine. Especially when you try to think about all what they are trying to make us abide by or really accept and what they're trying so hard to make us succumb to. Am I right? I mean, you got one side of the world that's trying to make you live with things and, and do things that you don't want to be with. Then you got the third side of the world that's trying to force you to accept something you don't want to accept. The world is constantly, every day, trying to push you into accepting something that you don't want to accept into their life's ways and motives. They're always trying to conform you into their ways in this world. And it will turn you sick to your stomach to know that there are some wicked, twisted individuals out there and leaders in this world that every day are trying to push you into the agenda with, of theirs with every breath they take. They are slowly trying to conform you into a sin-filled pit of society that is slowly but surely dying and going to hell by the truckloads. And I hate to put it that way, but they are. Every day. The world's idea of abiding with each other is so twisted and perverted that it has led some to believe that in this world, in order to live right or to live in the way that they think is right in their society, you must become a part of or act like them in order to stay alive. And if you don't, oh, friend, they become your enemy. They act like you got all the missiles of hell pointed at them when really they have their defense missiles pointed at you for something you didn't even do. After you've done said no and pretty much already done hurt their feelings. The world is always talking about coming together in unity and living together peacefully, but yet they will go out into the streets, and I'm not shaming nobody, I'm not pointing my finger at nobody, but they will go out to the streets, riot and loot and carry on, and they'll even shout gun control, but yet they take a gun and shoot their fellow man after they try to put them in their place, and yet they would say, well, he or she deserved it. Well, let's just go ahead and be honest. It's a scary thing to think about the world's definition of abiding with each other. And because it's so far from many of the direct truths that the Lord God intended for that word to be. But I would just want to brag on the Lord a little bit. I'm sure I'm glad that I won't have to worry about abiding in this world too much longer because I believe that trumpet's soon going to sound. And one day I will be abiding with my Heavenly Father up in that holy city. And there with Him will live all eternity and those who are born again forevermore. Praise God and hallelujah. And praise His holy sweet name for that blessed promise here tonight. But one truth that can be extracted from the Lord's word about, about this word is that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ started to abide in us when we, the moment we asked him to come to our heart and save our souls. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 5, even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. 
That one word quicken literally means to bring together or restore life into. Or in other words, to start abiding in. The Lord quite literally washed away our sins, gave us a newness of life, and came to live within our hearts that they was born again or accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. Amen? In other words, Jesus literally started to abide in you the moment you accept Him as your Lord and Savior and never will stop. And when you started to abide in the Lord Jesus, that He made a sweet promise that He will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what you've done. I'm so thankful to know that the Lord Jesus abides in, in me and I abide in Him. But also there is another truth that can be found in His word about this word abide. If you're taking notes, this is my second point. We cannot live or serve faithfully without abiding in Him. You may be asking, well, brother, what do you mean by if we can't abide in Him? Does that mean you can lose your salvation? No, it doesn't mean anything like that. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse number 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you accept ye abide in me. And I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm afraid there are many Christians out there in this world today knowing that Jesus is abiding in them, but they're not abiding in him like the way he's asked. They know that they're saved and they are born again. They know that they are God's child and that they belong to him but they are not following the commandments and the way of the Lord Jesus as they should be doing. They have let the devil, the world, and their sin for flesh rob them of the greatest peace and joy that they could ever know that they used to have in their relationship with God and rob them of their abidance with the sweet Lord. Because they have stepped out into the world and has gotten involved in continual sin, they can no more feel like they are the same because they are out of the will of God. Once again, I'm not pointing no fingers at nobody out here in this world because I'll confess the fault right now. I've been guilty of that many times. I've failed God many times in my past, but I thank the Lord that he sure don't fail me. And if you're a child of God here this evening, he surely won't fail you. None of us is perfect. None of us, none of us is, is good, not a single one. And we're not, we're not going to be our best even after we get saved. When we get saved, our motives in our heart go from being a sinful motive to being a change in the will of the heart and just sort of changing the will after we give our heart to Christ. But even after we are saved, this flesh still wants to rise up every once in a while, every now and then, just to fulfill its desires. Isn't that true? And because of this, we let our flesh guide us into stepping out into the world, and then next thing you know, you're abiding in the sin and the devil of this world rather than God. However, there is forgiveness even after we stumble and even after we fail. The blessed word says in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, and I thank the Lord for this blessed promise. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If the Lord Jesus is not, if you could see sin physically, like if you could see a sheep of clothing over somebody that represents their sin in their life, I can tell you right now, I'd have, I'd have clothes as black as midnight. But I thank the Lord Jesus because he washed my sins away the day I got saved. He made, he made my filthy rags wider than snow, amen. I'm glad that he washed our sins away when he died on the cross for our sins and shed his blood. After all, he did that to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that wonderful promise that even when we fail, he is always sitting there with welcome arms to welcome us back and forgive us. That no matter how many times we fail and mess up, God still loves us and that he will forgive us of our sin. He will keep abiding in us, but in order for us as born-again believers to live a successful life of service to him, we must pray to him that the Lord will keep us in his steps that we should walk in and abide in him living these days that we're living. That he will help us keep following and and serving him and keep bearing fruit. I'm sure many of you know this verse in the Bible, John chapter 15, verse number 4. Remember what the Bible says. To abide in him without the vine, the branch cannot bear fruit. There's been many, there's been many Christians in this world, and I'll be honest with you, Brother Wells, there's been many of Christians that I've known in this world that they, they were faithful in serving God. They followed him wherever they go. And the next thing you know, the devil come along and hold a piece of a dollar in front of their face, you will, from this world. And the next thing you know, they're out of the will of God. They're out of serving him. And they never come back for the rest of their life. They're still saved by God, but they've quit servicing in him and they're no longer a useful tool. I, I cannot express how many times I've seen of how much despair and agony I've seen it cause to Christians who have stepped out into the world instead of stepping out in faith to serve the Lord and something God had planned for their life. When God has something special lined up for them to serve him faithfully, and yet they, they let it be wasted by a, te- by a temporal desire of their flesh. Once again, in order to serve God faithfully and serves to him, if we're ever going to keep out of the hands of the devil, well, let me rephrase it, you are out of the hands of the devil, he can no longer carry your soul off to hell. But he can tempt you with fleshly desires and sin and things of this world. If we are ever to live a successful service life to the Lord Jesus, we must abide in him by daily reading our Bible, by daily being in prayer life, by daily getting out and winning souls, by daily attending church, this is how we abide in Lord Jesus Christ. Lastly, well, my third points, if you're taking notes, lastly, there's another profound truth that can be found about the word abide. That the Lord Jesus will never stop abiding in us. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, Verse number 8, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of God, the word of God shall stand forever. 
The Bible mentions in the first few chapters over in the book of John that, that the word of the Lord is God himself. God is an everlasting God. There hasn't been no beginning to him, and there will be no end. I just want to praise and thank God right here tonight that I serve an everlasting Father, I serve an everlasting King, I serve an everlasting Savior, I serve an everlasting Redeemer, I serve an everlasting Shepherd, I serve an everlasting Father, I serve an everlasting Prince of Peace. Hallelujah, I serve an everlasting King. I've seen many people wonder why. I've seen many sinners in this world, and I know I'm still young, Lord willing, I'll be 18 years old at the end of this month. But I've seen many of sinners in this world that have had temporal, not really gods. Just like over, overseas, they'll build what they call gods out of brick, wood, and stone, and then next you know, as soon as a natural disaster happens, they'll lose their god, and they'll be sitting there wondering, well, how come my god didn't get up and move himself? Because that god is not real. I just want to say to you that there ain't but only one and true God, and that is the Heavenly Father, the Lord. I've heard of many born-again believers saying something like this also because they've had the devil come to them and make them doubt. Well, he's never, he's never cared for me. The Lord never did care one thing about me to begin with, and I guess I'm not saved anymore. Because God is nowhere near me. Well, buddy, let me, I just want to tell you here right now. God is not away from you. You're away from Him. If you're so wrapped up in the sin of this world, there ain't but no choice for you to feel as if you're far away from God because you are. But that doesn't necessarily mean that God is away from you because He promised that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. No matter how many times we fail Him. When God said he's going to save you, he meant that contract permanent. If that's the best way to put it. He made that ticket permanent. Amen. He made that one-way trick on the heaven-bound highballers, I like to put it, to glory land permanent. The Lord saved us not only to forgive us of our sins, but to cleanse us and to be with us for all eternity. I thank the Lord that he... He even had enough mercy on us to save our souls because let's just go and be honest, none of us here that are saved and born again are not, are not deserving to be saved. We all deserve to be burned in the lake of fire in hell tonight because of the sin that we are born into. But thank the Lord, the blood, the blood covers that, amen? The blood covers all the filthy stains that, that we obtain throughout our sin-cursed sin life. But also said that we can get that when we get saved, that once again, He will be with us always, even throughout eternity. Once again, I said earlier that the, that the Lord, He is an everlasting God, and that He is an everlasting King. No one will never, ever remove Him from His throne, and no one will be able to be thrown Him. I hope it will be okay to say this. A lot of times we have many of leaders in this nation and leaders all around the world that may come and that will be removed and gone, but up in glory, we have an everlasting king that will never be removed. So in saying, God is simply saying, no matter what you've done, no matter what happens in this world, 
no matter what you do, and no matter what may happen in the future, I promise to love you and guide you with all my heart, and I will never, ever be removed. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I will abide in you, and I will abide beside of you always and forever. Praise God, hallelujah. He will never stop abiding in us and abide with us forever. He will never stop loving you. He will never stop caring for you. He will never, ever lead you astray. He will keep you abiding in Him. He will keep loving you for who you are. So in my conclusion, as we close out this morning, allow me to ask you this simple question regarding these three wonderful truths. He promised He will abide in us the moment we get saved. We trust Him to keep His word. He also promises that He will never stop abiding in us. He will never leave us despite what we do. We trust Him to keep His word. And He promises that He will abide with us always, now and forevermore. I don't know about you, Brother Wells, but I want to keep abiding in Him. I want to serve faithfully to Him. I want to keep abiding in Him and keep serving Him because we only got one God-given life in this world. And once we get saved, we can either use that life to keep abiding in Him and serving Him, or we choose to go our own way and we still abide in Him through salvation, but we don't abide in His service. I don't know about you, church, but I want to keep abiding in Him. Will you? Brother Wells, I thank you so much, brother, for this, for this opportunity. God bless you, brother. That was good. I, I think first time I preached, I went eight minutes. <laughs> 25 pages of notes in eight minutes. <laughs> that was good. Wonderful truth. How many are thankful he abides in us? Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're born again, saved by the grace of God, he's abiding in us. Now, here's the key. We need to keep abiding in him. We need to remain, stay put, you know, stay put in him. And, uh, and as he said, hey, we do that by spending time with him daily. Hey, get in God's word, read that thing, and spend some time praying. Don't just read it to check off a list. Read it, meditate on it, apply it to your life, and, and the Lord will abide with you, and you will abide with him, and what a combination. Hey, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, and I'm thankful for the abiding of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Hunter, I'm going to ask you to walk to the back for folks to uh, shake your hand, and, uh, and, and I appreciate it, my brother. Amen. Look forward to Look forward to watching you as you get more opportunities and, and continue to grow, and it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Y'all going to be able to look back. He's going to be a top fire evangelist all over the world, whatever the Lord's calling him to do one day. Say, I remember him. He pre That's like his first month he preached for us, and, and, uh, and we can praise the Lord. Father, we just want to thank you again for the, the privilege, Lord, that he is to assemble together, together. And, uh, Lord, just to, to get under the preaching of your word, and, Lord, uh, just uh, I just pray for Brother Hunter. Thank you for the call you put on his life, and I pray that you bless him, Lord. I pray that you just use him mightily, Lord. Continue to refine him, continue, Lord, to grow him, Lord, and uh, may his love for the scriptures never die, Lord, and, uh, and just uh, use him the rest of his life. He's got a, he's such a young man, got such a life, long life ahead of him, and, Lord, we meet, need more young preachers. Uh, uh, Brother Terrell and I and others are getting old, and uh, we need 
We need that next generation to come along. And, Lord, we thank you for raising them up. We thank you for being faithful to do that. Thank you for the wonderful promises we heard tonight, Lord. Thank you for the promise you will abide in us. And, Lord, help us to be faithful and abiding in you. Dismiss us now with your blessing, we pray. Thank you again for this church family. Continue to pray for those, Lord, especially that lost loved ones this week. Continue, we pray, to comfort them, strengthen them, and, and help them in the days to come. In Christ's name, amen.